Welcome to the Creekwood Church Podcast. Creekwood is growing and we are so excited about the Future West Campus. If you're interested in learning more about the building project, visit creekwoodchurch.com beyond or click the Beyond button on the Creekwood Church app. We hope this message inspires and encourages your faith. I'm excited this weekend we are beginning a brand new series and um, I want to do something a little bit different. I've got a lot to share, but before we do this today, um, I, w- I want us to together to make a declaration, and uh, I'm going to ask the guys in the back to play some music, and um, I know normally pastors, when they're ending a service, they play music, and, and part of that is to really get you to focus on the moment. And I kind of want to just kind of flip the script today. And um, I hope that's okay. And uh, I just want to encourage you to just kind of relax a moment. Don't fall asleep. I know this music is relaxing. (laughs) But this series that we're getting ready to go into over the next few weeks. It's a series that I've been carrying in my heart. And I believe with all of my heart that God is going to divinely speak into your life. I'm convinced of it. I know pastors say that a lot and it's easy to say, well, I'm here, I'm expecting God, but listen, I really mean that. God's gonna speak into your life. I think that too many of us are living lives that are just the grind that we're bored out of our minds And life is so messy and it just, man, the grind of life and then you take and throw in all the problems that life brings us. And like I said, life is so messy and relationship problems, kids problems, all the stresses of life that you just kind of are like, I'm here and I showed up and let's talk about a new series and whatever, but I just got to kind of keep grinding. And I'm like, no, I, I'm asking God and I'm expecting God to speak into the messiness of your life. For God to raise up something out of you. For God to birth something out of you that it's been inside of you. There is a seed that wants to flourish inside of you. So I got this music going on in the background because listen, I want you to get in this moment because I want you to get ready to listen to God. Listen to me, but more important, listen to what the voice of God is in your life. So I want to ask you to stand and we're going to say this declaration out loud. I know this is a little bit different today, but just help me out. Don't say it like you say the Pledge of Allegiance, you know. Uh, Let's mean this with all of our heart. Let it come from your heart today. I declare 
Okay, y'all, come on. Let's do this. I declare, I believe that God created me to do something that matters. I will not be passive or indifferent. God, I open, Spirit would say to me, I know God, you will speak to me very directly and give me faith to step out and do something that is beyond myself. I will put action behind my faith. I will demonstrate my faith by taking bold steps to move towards what God has put in my heart. My faith will not be hidden, it will be seen. I know when God sees my faith, he will show up and do amazing things. This is my declaration. I want us to pray. Father, thank you for these next few moments. We open our hearts to you, God. Speak into our lives today. Holy Spirit, have your way in our lives. Speak into our lives. We thank you for this. Amen. Well, why don't you turn and give somebody a fist pump or a punch in their arm, whatever you want to give them. Um, Don't punch them too hard. This new series that we're beginning today is called Living Beyond Ourselves, and it is a study of the book of Nehemiah, and the book of Nehemiah is a powerful, powerful story of a man that was just an ordinary guy that God used him, and one of the things that you find in the Bible over and over is that God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things, and one of our greatest challenges in our life is to get beyond ourselves. So many of us are measuring our lives. We're measuring ourselves by ourselves and we're being limited by ourselves. Try saying that real fast. We're, we're measuring the way our life ought to be by ourselves, so ourselves are limiting ourselves. One of the things that happens in a lot, a lot of our lives, and it just is part of life, is the messiness, the stress, the, the, the stuff that's going on in your life right now is what's consuming you. It's all you think about. It's what you wake up in the morning and, and it's, it's just, it's a part of your life and it's all about you. And I want to say this to you that if you continue to make your life all about you, you're going to be the one that has to carry everything because your life is all about you. But when you can get to a place in your life where you begin to be open to not asking God for the messiness to go away, because listen, life is going to be messy no matter what. It doesn't matter if you're a Christian or not, life is messy. Stuff happens. But asking God that even in the middle of all of this, God help me to take a journey to begin to discover What is outside of myself? For me to get to a place that I begin to live 
beyond myself and begin to really see what God wants to do in my life. And the story of Nehemiah, if you've got your Bibles in Nehemiah chapter 1, just to kind of give you a little bit of a context of this incredible story, Nehemiah is... um, He's an Israelite and he's a cupbearer, and I'll explain to you what a cupbearer is in just a few moments. But, you know, Israel, when you study their history, they've gone in and out of captivity. They have been gone through so much. Jerusalem has been destroyed. The Israelites are all over the place. And, and basically, Nehemiah is a thousand miles away in a different land, and he works for the king. And he is a cupbearer. I know in our culture, we don't know what a cupbearer is because the closest thing I know to what a cupbearer is, it's a parent that is going through the drive-through and they've got their kids with them and the drinks are being passed and you as a parent have to be the cupbearer. You've got to taste everyone, right? <laughs> and that's, uh, that's Nehemiah's job is he has to taste all the food and drink everything. Like some of y'all, don't you think you're a cupbearer to your kids? You got to eat their fries, taste everything, make sure it's okay. <laughs> but Nehemiah um, is—he's got a very important job. He and and again, you have to really be close to the king for him to let you be the cupbearer. Because in that time, one of the ways that people got rid of kings is they poisoned them. So he's there to protect the king and. And But honestly, he's got a pretty good life. He gets to eat and drink what the king eats. And one day, just an ordinary day, that's kind of messy that, that Nehemiah is going through the, the schedule of his life and what he's got to do that day, and he's got this job. And one of the things that I, again, let me just say this about that I love is about Nehemiah. He's not a pastor. He's not a priest. He's just an average guy, an average person. And he has this ordinary day that everything changes for him. And you know, one of the things that begins to happen in your life, and, and, and I want you to follow me when I say this, because there is a, a, a rhythm that God will take you through to communicate to you something bigger for your life in the middle of your mess. In the middle of your messiness that you're begging God to take it away from you, that you're begging God to, would you just get this out of here? And a lot of us, this is when you're in your life consumed with yourself and it's all about myself. I'm God, I got my big old list. You need to take all this away before you wanted me to do anything else. But what I've found is that God will often speak to us in the middle of our mess. And it's important to know this. And one of the first things, if you want to write this down, is that we become aware. Is we become aware. Nehemiah, again, is, he's, he's, he's got this job and these guys, his brothers and some of his close friends show up. And this is 
This is what it says. Hananiah, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men. And I asked a question. In other words, he's asking a dangerous question. He says, I asked, I, I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that had survived the exile and also about Jerusalem. Isn't it true that most of the time when you ask somebody how they're doing, you don't really want to know how they're doing? It's, it's a greeting. It's not, you're like, hey, I was just greeting you. I don't want to hear about it. I just was saying hi by how you're doing. I didn't want to like hear you dump on me. I know that doesn't sound spiritual, but isn't it true that a lot of us are that way? And he asked, that baby loves this message. I know he just said, amen. He said, that was really good. Uh, but <laughs> I don't know what he said. Um, but Nehemiah asked this dangerous question. He's, he's saying, how are, how are things going back in Jerusalem? He's a thousand miles away. And this is what they said to him in verse three. Things are not good going well for those who return to the province of Judah. They are, not, they are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down and the gates have been destroyed by fire. When I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned, fasted and prayed to the God of heaven. He asked them this dangerous question and they tell them this, this, this answer and they're, they're like, it's, it's not going good. There's no protection. The wall symbolized protection. The wall symbolized the future of, of Jerusalem. It, it was really a bad, bad situation that they're describing. And Nehemiah has a choice at the moment when he's being made aware. Nehemiah can acknowledge the struggle. He could acknowledge the struggle, but then brush it off. Nehemiah could acknowledge the struggle or he could choose to let the pain inside of him. Nehemiah, it would, it would have been very easy for him to just acknowledge it. And isn't it true that we are a culture that loves to acknowledge the problems around us? We live in a world that everybody wants to get angry about everything. Everybody's got an opinion about everybody else. Everybody loves to go post on Facebook about how angry you are about whatever. But we don't want to do anything about it. Everybody wants to talk about this next generation, about how, like, Man, these kids or whatever. And by the way, if you were not here last weekend, one of the most amazing messages I've ever heard, Pastor Matt spoke, you need to listen to it. It was incredible Amen. about this next generation. But it's easy to kind of kick the can around and go on these kids and man, I, whatever. But he's, he's, he's made aware of this and he has to make this decision is he just going to acknowledge the struggle or is he going to choose to let the pain in? This is a big moment. And I think a lot of us, what happens is that we are aware of a lot of things going on around us. Even in the messiness of your life, you're aware of people that are hurting. You're aware of, of deep-seated 
things that are going on around you that, that just, it, it, it just, it's easy to just kind of be numb and say, you know, whatever. Nehemiah could have done that. He, again, was, he had it good. He had a comfortable life. Nehemiah's kicking back, probably watching 4K TV. He's probably got his feet up on the couch and taking selfies and like 50 different pictures of himself and going, you know, uh, uh, hanging out with the king, eating king's food. Hashtag blessed life. <laughs> hanging with the king, eating grapes. Fa hashtag favor. I don't know. And it stinks to be y'all. <laughs> and I think that a lot of us are this way. And God's continually making you aware. He's continually, the way he works the voice of God in your life. Listen, don't underestimate the awareness that God is making you and what you are sensing and what you are seeing around you. God is, is causing you to notice things that nobody else is noticing. There is a purpose to your pain. There is a purpose to your chaos. There is a purpose to the place that God has placed you. He's making you aware. Don't underestimate that. Number two, you get a burden. I love in verse, verse four, it says, when I heard this, I sat down and I wept. He's a thousand miles away. And he, he says, I, I sat down and I wept. To sit down and just cry, that's, that's a deep sorrow. I want to ask you today, what breaks your heart? What, what is it that breaks your heart? What is it that, like, I'm not talking about what, what you get, you, you know, like we all know people that get all like agitated and angry about whatever and they, they want to go post or they want to go give their opinion and they're fighting with other people online and all that mess. I'm not talking about that. Listen, I love you enough to tell you that that's all stupid. Just posting your opinion on, online about people that, that are not acting right what is that doing? If you don't, if you can't think of an area of your life that you say, man, I'm so burdened, I, 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 I'm so broken for this, then I would question whether or not you're listening to God. This deep, deep, I, I'm talking about this deep sorrow inside of you that it, it just, it breaks your heart when you see a single parent struggling with three or four kids and they're trying to raise their kids. It's not just, man, that, that, that girl needs to get a hold of her kids or that guy, you like, he needs a girl. We all get, again, we all have opinions. 
But when you see a single parent and their struggle of how hard it is, does it, does it bring this deep sorrow inside of you that it moves you to say, man, I, I, I just want to cry. When you, when you see a family that is trying to raise a, a special needs son or daughter, does it move you to say, man, I want to do everything I can to support them? When you see a, a student, a teenager, that at any second can look at pornography on their phone, does it break your heart? Does it move you to a deep sorrow inside of you to say, somebody has to do something, God, you've given me a burden for this next generation? When you see our students and our kids and the, they're being bombarded by this, the, the value system of this world and you, everything inside of you wants to just fall to your knees and say, God, this next generation needs you, God, would you use me? God, I'm so broken, I'm talking about a deep sorrow. God, deliver us from just being in a church that is opinionated about everything in the world. And may we be broken for the hurting in this world. Give God a hand. Don't give it to me. I haven't preached in a couple weeks, so I'm telling you, I'm wound up. Some of y'all are like, he's about to throw his jacket down, maybe. Uh, I'm just telling you that this has been the story of this church is that we started 17 years ago, not because Mansfield needed another church. It's because we had a burden for people. Every season that God has carried this church through, it's been because God has, has given us this burden for people. And, and listen, our classrooms are at capacity. Our kids' spaces, go back to the kids' spaces. They're sitting on the floor on these rugs and it, they, they have this incredible experience, but it's packed in there. It's been the passion of this church to reach the next generation. You show up on a Wednesday night, it, it's, it is incredible what our, our, our leadership is doing. Our student leadership team, they, they do a phenomenal job. Why does all this happen? It's because somebody makes, is, a, is aware of something and they get a burden to move beyond just being opinion about, opinionated about stuff and they start saying, man, I have this deep sorrow. I was trying to, to think of, of how to illustrate this and I, the Holy Spirit automatically brought this up to me and a lot of y'all know that, that a couple weeks ago and I... I I'm so grateful for you guys as a church, but a couple weeks ago, my brother that is three years older than I am passed away unexpectedly. And my brother, I, I've, I've been very close to my brother through the years, and um, I'm just telling you, it's the hardest thing I've ever faced in my life. The Monday night that I was, most of the night, my brother was brought in by an ambulance and couldn't breathe and they were calling me and my, my brother struggled with addictions most of his adult life. In fact, 
you know, I've shared with you guys, uh, when I was a youth pastor in Houston, my older brother lived, he was homeless and lived on the streets. And every time my parents would come in from the mission field, I would race to try to find him somewhere and clean him up so my mom wouldn't see him like that. And I've lived with this hope that God would change his life. And I know that God has changed his life. The last few years, he was really doing great. But the sorrow in my heart I told my wife, I said, I don't think I can go back to church. I know a pastor is not supposed to say that, but I just, this is how I was. And the Holy Spirit said to me, when I was preparing this message, he said, you see that sorrow you have? That's the kind of sorrow I have for broken people. Listen to me, God wants to speak into your life. You want to move beyond the boredom and move beyond trying to fix your life. You've, you've never been able to do it anyway. You haven't been able to do it. Let, let God fix it. God, God's working on all those things, but trust him enough to say, God, my life is not going to be stopped and frozen because I'm going through this and I'm just waiting around for it to be perfect before I do something. God, in the midst of my messiness and the craziness of my life, God, I'm listening. You show me what I am supposed to be passionate about. God, make us aware. God, give us this burden that keeps us up all night. Number three, it's gonna move you to prayer. I love this. It says, for days... I mourned, fasted, and prayed to the God of heaven. Listen to verse five. It says, oh Lord, I cried out, oh great and awesome God who keeps his promises and is so loving and kind to those who love him and obey him. Hear my prayer. See, Nehemiah has not gone to the king. He's not done anything. All he has is an awareness and a brokenness and a sorrow in his heart because of what's happened. And he just starts praying. And I love that he starts to remind himself about how awesome God is and how powerful God is. You know, I love that because we ought to remind ourselves about how powerful God is. Too many of us are, we are, again, we are writing the story of our, of our life by only depending on ourselves and what we can do, and we're not allowing God to be the one that writes the story for a life. Listen, you let God write the story, it's gonna be beyond anything you could ever imagine. That's the story of this church. 17 years ago, we were as goofy, clueless as you can be when we started out. There were three couples. We were more consumed, I'm just telling you, we were more consumed with getting a, a business card we had to get these little business cards saying we were pastors so we could invite people to church. And I'm like, God help us. We're in trouble. We didn't know what we were doing, but we trusted in God. We believed in God and God has done an incredible thing. Just look around. Every season that we have been in, it's always been driven by ordinary people like you and I 
that make ourselves available to say, God, you've spoken to me about this. I'm aware of this. I have a burden for this. God, I'm going to start praying about how can I, how can this happen? And he starts praying and calling on God and saying, God, your promises. Listen to verse six. It says, let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer your servant is praying before you day and night for your servants, the people of Israel. He's praying day and night for them. This is why we're doing prepare night, August 31st. 30th, sorry. Uh, August 30th, we're doing prepare night because we're praying for our city. We're, listen, God's gonna do this building out there at the, at, the, at the West Campus. He's gonna build it. Our job is to reach people. And our, God is to, our job is to partner with God in what he wants to do. And he says this day and night, I'm praying. And, and I love this. I confess the sins. We, if you underline your Bible, it says, we Israelites, including myself and my father's family, have committed against you. I love his humility. Do you know that God opposes the proud? And it's very easy when we're caught up in ourselves to be, our, our life starts to be very prideful. We become very arrogant and self-righteous to, towards the world. But when you say, God, I humble myself and God, I confess my sin. Listen, we're all apart. And being able to have the humility to say, God, I, I confess for the things that I've not done for this next generation or I've not done for single families or whatever need or, or I've not done for those that are struggling with addictions. It's very easy to throw stones, but it's, it's difficult to have the humility to say, God, we confess our sins and God, we want to be used by you. Verse 11, give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man. He, he prays and then it moves him to action. He moves into action and this is where, again, it, it gets powerful. He goes to the king and verse four and five and uh, the king asks him, what do you want? And he starts talking to him and he says, I need to go and I need to go fix these walls. And listen to me, it's never been about the walls for Nehemiah. It's, it's about the people. But he knows the walls need to be built. And this is a, the same thing for us as a church is that this new campus, the 108 acres that God has blessed us with, I want you to hear me when I say this, is God's gonna build this. God loves people. But we have a decision to make. We can either sit here and go, you know what? We got our spot and we can do selfies and we can go hashtag, hashtag blessed being at Creekwood and I love my church. Or we can say, you know what? God's made me aware and I'm burdened and I, 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 I will do, I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna sacrifice. I, the actions in my life are gonna be dictated by the burden that I have in my heart. This 108 acres, why would God give us 108 acres? It's crazy. But you think about this building is starting to limit the ministry that we're able to do. We are, there are a lot of days, weekends, that we have to close classrooms because our classrooms for our kids are already packed out. The new building at the new campus, the kids building alone will be three times this entire building. It's gonna be huge. Why? Because God's going to bring in a lot of people. 
I've said this to you before, our city has grown dramatically. When, the, when Creekwood started, there was 35,000 people in this city. Now the school district alone has 35,000. We cannot just sit here and think, well, you know what, I'm comfortable in here and I got my spot. You have your spot today because somebody 17 years ago was broken and, and to a place of saying, I've got such a burden for people in this city that I'm gonna give towards that. I'm gonna serve. They got into trucks and they unloaded trucks. They showed up at five o'clock in the morning in rain, freezing cold, and they set up in Rogene Worley. They went in Mansfield High School when we moved over there. Every season, it's been about people just like you and me that said, man, God's made me aware of something and I have such a burden. What does that mean? That means that we're willing to do whatever we gotta do. See, for me to ask you, and, and again, I, I, I could go into a lot of detail. It's all on the, the church websites. You can go on there and see a lot of the details. But it's going to take $9.5 million for us to build this first phase. That's a lot of money. You guys have been incredible. Um, let me just kind of tell you, um, so far up till now, this is amazing. You guys have given one5 $1,531,000. That's amazing. That's how much is in the bank towards this building. I, and I, I'm going to just say this to you. There's a commitment card there at your chair. We're going to mail those out to you. And I don't want to get, I don't want you to give just out of like, well, Pastor Stephen's asking us, so we're going to kind of give some kind of little tip to God. This is, this requires sacrifice. See, I, I can't postpone, like, I'll give you an example. If you want a brand new truck, and how much are new trucks right now? A lot of money, more than your first house, probably. But you get, you have such a deep burden for something, you'll say, I'll put off buying a new truck and I'm gonna give $70,000 to beyond for this new campus because I believe in reaching people. This is not about something robotically that we're all just kind of giving. It's got to be birthed out of a burden that we are aware and there's such a sorrow inside of us that say, I will put off buying a 50,000 square foot giant TV screen. <laughs> I was trying to think of something and that was what came up. We're stupid about what we buy. Just look at all the storage buildings in this city. Our, we can't even get our cars in the garage and we got to go buy something else. Could it be maybe that we need a fresh awareness of what the, the pain that is in our city that we're willing to say, I have been, I have this fresh awareness that I'm on a mission from God to say, I am going to help this see it through. It requires sacrifice. It may... Again, $1,000 may be the greatest sacrifice you can give, but some of you, $100,000 is something you say, you know what, over the next year or two or three years, I'm gonna figure out a way to do that, or 50,000. I don't know, you just listen to God. This isn't about money. This is about lives. It never was about the walls, it's about lives. 
if you think about this just as money and Pastor Stephen's up there and he's talking about us giving to beyond and let me, let me go write a check for whatever and to get it off my conscience. I'm telling you, don't do it. Because God's looking for people that are so aware of what breaks his heart in this city that say, I'm gonna go on this mission, God. You will fall on your face before God and listen to me, if you got this sorrow that keeps you up at night, if you have this sorrow in your soul, do you know we forget that if somebody doesn't know Christ, they're gonna go to hell if they die? This is a matter of life and death, heaven or hell. We're not about just self-help. We're gonna help people, but this is where people's lives are on the line. I I could throw out so many different numbers to you, but do you know that if 2,000 givers gave $4,750 over three years, it would be $9.5 million. And our church is around 2,000 people. If you come, come during Easter or Christmas, that's when everybody shows up. But unfortunately, most of the 2,000 people are in the nursery and, and the nursery kids can't give that. <laughs> A thousand givers would give 9,500 over three years, it'd be 9.5. Let me tell you something sobering. Do you know that only 17% of our church tithes? If everybody tithed in one year, it would be 14.5 million. What could we do for the kingdom of God? And I'm just telling you, and I'm, I know I'm kind of getting up in your grill right now, but when you get up to heaven and you face God, and God said, I gave you all those resources. Do you know that God is gonna do this through us? There's not some angelic contractor out there that's just gonna be working over there without us doing anything. It's us partnering with God. So God's looking for business owners. God's looking for individuals that will say, God, you bless me and and I am going to invest in the kingdom of God because I have this burden for people. We're planning on breaking ground in January. I'm, I'm telling you, it's gonna get built. God's gonna do it. I, I, I could spend a lot of time telling you that there's been so much happening at the land. We have been moving forward even during a pandemic. And isn't it crazy that we're trying to build a building during the pandemic? I, I told my dad, I said, Daddy, I, I feel like God's asking us to cross the Jordan at flood stage. That it's like, it doesn't make sense why he would ask us, he blesses us with 108 acres with this miracle and all that. And then we're, we're trying to move forward. And then we're in a pandemic and the world's shut down. God's gonna build his church. And in 10 years, we are gonna be sitting in this auditorium. It's not gonna take 10 years to build, but I'm just telling you. In a couple years, you're gonna be sitting in that auditorium and you're gonna say, thank you, God, that you allowed me to be a part of this. You're gonna walk in those kids, my kids 
rooms and you're going to say, thank you, God. But I'm just telling you, it won't happen unless you have this burden in your heart. You won't make the sacrifices. This is why I'm asking God to speak to your heart. God will speak into your life if you'll let him. I want to ask you to stand at this time. I'm going to dismiss this in just a few moments, but I want to ask you to bow your heads for just a few moments and I want to pray over you. There's a commitment card at your seat and I'm going to ask you not to fill it out right now. Just, you need to take it home. I know some of you have already filled out a commitment card and if that's where God is, is, is set, where you're supposed to go, just keep that. But I would encourage you to also pray about maybe that the commitment you made is something you knew was way too safe for you. You just listen to God and just obey God and it's, it's gonna be just right. But I wanna pray over us right now. Father, thank you for your voice in our life. Lord, I pray that we would not get tunnel vision for just a building and kind of hold in our breath until we get a new building. But Father, right now, Lord, God, may we stay passionate about reaching people. God, I pray that we, may, we stay broken in our hearts towards needs around us, God. May, God, may, may we be willing to change our schedules, change our routines, change our finances, change all of these areas of our lives that we're so comfortable in to say, God, I am so moved by my burden in my heart. God, I, want, I will do anything. I'm all in with you, God. Father, speak into our lives. Father, thank you for every person. I pray over this week, God, that you would speak continually into their lives as they go to work. And God, they're driving their kids to school. God, continue to speak into their lives. Father, we thank you for this. And everyone said, amen, amen. Well, thank you so much for coming today. And God bless you. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. If you like the content of this podcast, you're going to love our YouTube channel. Subscribe at youtube.com slash creekwoodchurch for video messages and full services uploaded weekly.